Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. And that this wasn't, that wasn't the bit 
progressing, side ministry, sharing testimony, intercessory stuff, all kinds of things. Um, thought about stepping into worship with Jesse once. That didn't work out. And so it's just something untouched really for for years. And so we just kind of in this this group and this blessing of this is what a worship service looks like with entourage. And and usually Jesse is the one leading that. Well, Jesse, why don't you step in now and share in the new year what the Lord what path you say you want and then I'll cut you off and um, at the beginning of the year, our first quarter meeting for Entourage, Paige wrote out an email of what we would go through, the agenda, and there was a question on it that Paige didn't actually ask in the meeting, but she put in the email, and she said, do you feel led to stay in Entourage or not? And she was asking everybody in Entourage just to have the open hand to know are you supposed to stay here or not? And uh, the Lord told me to pay attention to it, not because he was telling me to let go of entourage, but because he was telling me to not be the one in charge of holding on or letting go of entourage. And um, I just, if you know me, you know that I called Bill Johnson, the pastor of Bethel, my second pastor, that my husband and I attend. Uh, Victory Life Durant, and that's our home church. But if I listen to a podcast, it's probably the Sermon of the Week by Bill Johnson at Bethel. And they have a school called BSSM. And I followed them on Instagram. And on February 3rd, they just put like a five point thing if this is who you are, you should probably come to our school. So I uh, read those five points and said, oh yeah, all those are me. But I'm not going to that school. Um, that's just what we're doing here at Antra. That's what we're doing in Durant. That's just the heart of the Father. And then February 20th, um, I found out about Bethel Music College that has a year program about songwriting. And I just clicked more information about it, not knowing what it was, and set up a meeting with an advisor and realized that the Lord was bringing me into another season. And it was calling me into something um, that I've always been, but never named myself that. Um, yeah. And so there lied um, the process of that. And whenever I found out more about this, it's a year-long program from May 1st is when it started, so I'm in week seven, May 1st to May 1st, 2024, so a whole year program, and it's uh, specifically about songwriting uh, for the for worship, and um, so I found out that everything's online, I can do it online in my own time, but every Tuesday evening, there's a mandatory class for two hours from 7.30 to 9.30, and they're like, well, what do we do next? Yeah, really. So, um, I remember when she had shared this with me, because we all knew that she was going to do the program, we're like, awesome, this is great, and then came the news, like, oh, she's going to fall right here in the entourage, and I, um, I woke up that morning with just actually words from two powerhouse women, that I'm like, which I actually am a little cautious about at that point, I'm like, the Lord's put me on the radar of these people, what's ahead in my day? And they were very encouraging words, like, hey, the Lord is building 
about one of the words, and then and then Jesse's like, by the way, we're gonna have to work through this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the Lord just felt it felt like the Lord just knocked out a low bearing wall and what he was building. I'm like, oh man. So um, so we had by this time we really had a pretty well marched on the garage by the time that came to fruition. Um, so then we kind of had a month. We had between March and April to seek the Lord and um, figure out what is this, what does this look like? Um, because when the Lord is moving, even though something feels like an end, it isn't. And there's a rhythm of transition and shift. And that's what we're testifying to you about. And there's a there, this is a this is a miracle that Olivia is here. It is a miracle of what, what God has done. So my first thought when Jesse told me that was easy solution. We will change the day of the month from Tuesday. No one has to be married to Tuesday. Those t-shirts are on sale for ten dollars just Tuesday of the month. You're probably get rid of them. Like, but I knew that that was my fix-it thinking, and it was my carnal mind. And I knew it's not what there was going to be grace for. And so, um, really, probably for a week or two, Jesse and I processed it out. I processed it out with the, the group of, of elders that are, are on the board. I felt like Jesse was supposed to sew back into someone, that she was supposed to not be responsible for raising someone up, but recognizing who in her world the Lord had prepared for her to step in and mentor. And, um, and when we sat down and talked, we were both kind of in consensus, but we're like, who is that? And there are many awesome women that are volunteering not with music, many that volunteer monthly, but there just wasn't a clear picture at that time for who it was. And Olivia, my amazing sister-in-law, was nowhere on my radar because I knew that was a, well, to me, that was a closed door of, we're not going to do the worship thing. I've been there, done that. We're not going to touch it. So, Jesse, um, why don't you tell them, we're not going to let Olivia speak in just a second. We're almost that part. But, um, and you can tell them about, pick up my about Jesse's that night. So, literally, we're about, what, three days out from the event at your house that Olivia's going to be at in this conversation. And so, tell them, like, Jesse, who do you think this is supposed to be? I know what the path looks like. person is very hidden to me. And so, just tell them about that. So, um, me and my friend Mandy Matthews, she's in the back pretending she's not here. Um, she's here, guys. She's real. Um, I'm sorry. Okay. Um, we were going to have a live group, which is like a monthly live group we do for the women who help lead worship or just worship. Um, just through Victory Life to Ramp, and it was hosted at my house that month, and uh, Olivia came to that. But before we go to that, I have to say, I have to shout out to Madison, and let's see, who else? Um, Janelle. Janelle. I talked to Janelle in January, and Madison told me like the month before I knew about um, this class, or this songwriting, or Bethel, or anything. Like, this was non-existent to me, okay? until February 20th. So it was a whirlwind. Um, but uh, Janelle gave me a word that the next person, she didn't have a timeline. She just said the next person at Entourage that takes your place will have never been on this stage. 
and then Madison a month before told me, Jesse, I think you should start looking. And the Lord's telling me you should start looking for who's going to help you or who's going to come uh, lead worship at Entourage. And I said, okay, <laughs> okay sure, uh, I'll do that. Um, but all around that time, Olivia, whenever you share what's been happening in those last five years, it'll make more sense. But in the last few years, Olivia has always been on my heart. And she has never led worship with us here. But there are just probably, what would you say, like three times a year, I'm just like spurting something. Like the Lord always had us connected these last few years. I didn't know her prior to entourage, but there was something about Olivia that we were connected because I knew her heart. I knew uh, where the Lord had her. And I didn't know where she was musically. And I didn't really ever hear her sing either, but I knew that the Lord had her. And so she was always there. And in January, I asked Olivia to um, pray over me to help carry this intercession that I have for women right now. And she just said, don't forget, Jesse, that Jesus is enough for you. And and so in March, in all, just quick, uh, Jesse intercedes for, um, uh, it's called Moms Alert, but it's many uh, women that are hoping to be expectant, um, whether naturally or in adoption. So when Jesse's referencing carrying that intercession, she's talking a bit about that Moms so go ahead. I just wanted to explain that. Yeah. So Olivia did pray for me to help me. Did pray over the moms. And then in March, the Lord just told me to take communion every day and to be His. And I remembered the word that Jesus was enough. And I texted Olivia. I just said thank you for praying for me. In January, Jesus is enough. And then Olivia starts to open up to me. <laughs> A bit about where the Lord was leading, <laughs> and uh, and she just kind of word vomited all these different things she's been dealing with, and so there was a spark to me there, like what is this? Like what is this, Lord? Because worship wise, it's been a closed door for her. So between that time, beginning of March to March 20th, at our life group, um, me and Danny at life group. I gave rules. I said, listen, in this life group for worship, you can sing, you can pray, you can read scripture, but you can't sing a song you already know. You only can sing a song from your heart or just sing the scripture. And that night, um, there was some, there was just some singing by me and Danny and then Kelly Martin shared a word that Janelle sent her on her phone. And in that time, I started singing in tongues, which I don't do publicly. And then, because I'm Pentecostal, and that's way too much for me. And, um, but there I did, and when I stopped, Olivia started singing spontaneously. You're staring at the waters. And then the night kind of ended, and the Holy Spirit just stayed there, tangibly. And everybody was just like 12-year-old girls. <laughs> Just wanted to linger and eat food and sit around. And in that posture, I'm like, oh my gosh, Olivia, I, I really do think she's the one that's going to take this. It's going to take on trust. So I just let her check that before the that, week before, the week before, Jesse said, I feel like it's 
Olivia. And I said, well, certainly, if, because that would be a God-sized miracle. But if Olivia says yes, it is Olivia. And um, sure, you're like, fine. She's like, so I'm going to talk to her about it on Monday. Right. And in the meantime, I had a, I had a dream for the Lord that um, was ministering somewhere in a entourage setting. And it got to the closing where I need someone to come up and facilitate worship. And uh, yes, he was in the audience. And someone just got up. Like, hey, the Lord called him up. I didn't ask him. And it was Olivia. And she came behind me. And she said, just, just keep ministering. No, I don't look at me. Just keep doing what you're doing. And I looked at Jesse in the crowd. And we just both knew that it was a God-sized miracle. The Lord had got her up out of her seat to step right in where no one would get a difference. So, at least with things Jesse and I knew, but <laughs> like, Olivia doesn't find out this from Jesse until about 9 o'clock at night on that Monday. So, so to segue to Olivia, at this point in your house, you're like, hey, Olivia, I would like to put this all in your hands. The worship responsibilities for Entourage and then for you. What do you think about that? Is that Thank you. 
that is, so that was our part in sharing, like pragmatically, what's going on. But spiritually, look what God has done. Look what God is, is doing. And it's, a, it's amazing. This is a double portion blessing. If, if, if we would have tried to shift the maneuver and hold on to Jesse, we would not have the privilege of having Olivia lead us tonight, and it is a privilege. And thank you to the ladies that will be with her as well. Um, so it's just a miracle in the making. We're, we're walking it out. We're human. We have a lot of stuff to learn. But that's what's going on. We just wanted to tell you. So if you have any questions, you can ask afterwards. Um, so with that, I just want to pray over... Um, Actually, Jesse, I want you to pray for Olivia. I want you to pray over Olivia, and um, and then you can run. Dear Lord, I just thank you um, for your sweet face. Thank you that your celebration is louder than the noise of the world. And thank you that in the presence of the Father is everything we need that we lack nothing in your presence. And I thank you that the only prerequisite we had for the next person to lead worship entourage was someone who was after the heart of the Father. And I thank you that you raised up Olivia to love you. So Lord, I just pray that we can celebrate and offer praise to you. You deserve all the glory you deserve all the praise, Father. May we have revelations of you, genuine revelations of you that bring celebration, that enlighten the eyes, that open ears, and that raise dead people into life. Thank you for Olivia. Bless her. Bless her. Thank you for entourage. And Lord, I just pray that you bless that all the seeds I got to sow. Amen. And Lord, we just pray for Jesse. We um, will just raise your hand for Jesse. God, we pray your favor increase the wind over her and a grace to carry that, Father. We thank you, Lord, um, for what you're going to do. We thank you, God, that we get to share her and we get to sell her. So we are cheerful givers and we release her. We say, Go in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Go. Go.
stories or um, their analogies, their words to paint a picture and a reality of something else. Usually they're natural, they're natural stories that teach kingdom realities. And this is, um, Olivia had met, mentioned uh, Matthew 25 ministering to her. I actually didn't really even know that. But the Lord used this passage to help me try to process and find, find his perspective on where things were. Um, because as I mentioned, it was just from a natural perspective, sort of initially devastating to have Jesse um, move on because we've been brought up together. And so just a natural carnal comfort level. And also, I'm like, Lord, we're the only ones on drugs. We're the only ones that have to lose Jesse. She's, I'm like, she still gets to leave at church. She still gets to leave for all. It's literally this one time a month that there's a conflict. And it really is frustrating, frustrating to me. Um, but the Lord showed me through this passage um, that we get to be the ones to sow her. We get to be the ones to release her. And we get to be the ones to reap part of the reward and the harvest of faithfully doing that. And we're already seeing these amazing first fruits in Olivia. And it is just, it is truly mind-blowing. So I want to teach this, and I want you to be able to grasp it in your own life and understand um, what the implications for you and your walk are and what the Lord's inviting you into doing tonight. So I'm going to go straight to it, Matthew 25, actually verse 14. For, for it is just like a man about to go on a journey who calls his slaves or servants, and he entrusted his possessions to them. To one he gave five talents. These are our monetary measurements, so you can pretend it's dollars, whatever you make sense. To another two talents, and uh, to another one, each according to his ability. And he went on his journey. Notice the Lord knew what they could handle. He knew what he was capable what people were capable of having in their hands. So just right now, like if you're thinking, Lord, you have, put, you have trusted so much to me, he sees so much in you. He has given to you based on what he sees in you, not what you see in yourself. I think that's important to know. Immediately, the one who had received five talents went and put them to work. He traded with them, and he gained five more talents, so it was ten. In the same manner, the one who received two talents gained two more, went to four. But the one who received one talent went away. He dug a hole in the ground, and he hid or he buried his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and settled the accounts with them. The one who had received the five talents came up and bought five more talents, brought five more, saying, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I have gained five more talents. And the master says, Well done good and faithful servant. You are faithful with a few things, so I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Come and enter into the joy of your master. So as I continue to read these, I want you to just note this pattern. Much more abundance. Much more abundance. Because that's what you're going to see in the story. They started with something in their hands. We'll call that the much. Okay, The goal, uh, the mission was for that to be multiplied into more. And the outcome of the more was for them to receive abundance, which is what was found in the joy of the master. So all of us are sitting in really one of those spaces tonight, in, in, in the much, in the more, or in the abundance. And, and there's seed time and harvest, so we're always in seasons 
pulling us into the much, the more, the abundance, which is his joy. And if you think that sounds familiar, you're probably thinking like John 15, you're called to bear much fruit, more fruit, and it keeps producing. It's, it's similar. It's a kingdom reality in a natural story. So um, for the one who had the two talents, he came up and said, Master, you trusted these to me, and I gave two more. And again, the master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a few things, so I'm going to put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. And then the one came who received the one talent. And he came up and said, Master, I knew that you were a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. So I went away and I put your talent in the ground. See, now you have back what is yours. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy servant, you knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have put my money in the bank, and on my arrival, I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore, take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. And so I think that last verse is really important. It says, everyone who has, more will be given. Who, who sowed the greatest amount? Who had to give up the greatest amount? The one that had five talents. The one that had the most had to take on the, take on the position for a moment of being the one with the least. Well, he put that resource to work, that talent. Um, ta- I think talent and the natural gift, that skill set, whatever the, whatever the thing is, fill in the blank. But the outcome was abundance, and the outcome was joy. And I think if, if, if you're familiar with, with the Psalms, you may be thinking of, of Psalm 16, that says, in your presence is fullness of joy. And so whenever the master is finding out this is what they've done, and he says, enter in, enter into the joy of your master. That's what he's saying. Come into my presence and experience this and share with me. And I just think about this tangible situation where we got to choose to cheerfully release Jesse, to cheerfully sow a resource, a, a five-talent resource that God had put into our hand, and, and we released. And then we got, we got to share with the Lord. We're all sharing with the Lord in the joy tonight of this double portion that he has returned back to us. But it could have been different if we would have gone into self-preservation mode. If we would have tried to, to hide what was going on, if we would have tried to, to bury um, the navigation of it, which I told you I thought about doing, let's just switch days, let's avoid it, let's try to preserve instead of walk in the provision and the promise of what God is doing. And I was thinking of, of this example. Um, how many of you do canning or have a know someone who does canning? Yes. And how many of you make preserves? From fruit, bring me some. No, there's actually a peach tree in the back by the rose bushes, and um, and someone told me I told Judy, she has to get ready. I said, "Judy, tell them when you're going to be ready." I say a month, but we should have peach night here, and everyone that does these homemaking things, you can bring the peaches and they can get some homemade ice cream and popcorn and bring it for the rest of us to enjoy. But the point is this: I think about a jar of preserves. And it's great, right? Like, it's great until you run out. has a limited lifetime capacity. And then I also think, let's just say, um, let's say it's, it's apple preserve.
the jellies. And so I always think of this visual about how we tend to want to preserve something for a moment, like a jar preserves, but the Lord would rather us plant something so that it expands and it creates a future or an orchard, the thing you can't have preserved from. And so when you think about the things that the Lord has put in your life, it's just a good way to look at it when you're thinking about the much the more the joy and the abundance. Am I preserving or am I planting? Because the outcome is different and one is going to end sooner than the other one. Um, I want to mention here um, the, the person that had the one talent. It, it, there were two things that he, he said were the cause of, um, of his burying what was in his hand or hiding what was in his hand. Um, one, he was afraid. And isn't that how it goes? Fear is such a liar. Um, fear is far more dangerous than anything we could ever be afraid of. I mean, we're this way. Fear is far more harmful than anything we're actually afraid of. Yet, um, I have a, a child right now. We have barns falling on our porch. Anyone else in the country have barns falling on your porch? And because we have these birds, it attracts snakes up to a chicken snakes, up to that area. And it happens once or twice it, it, a season, it feels like them. And so snakes are not, they're not my thing, and they're not my children's thing either. And so I have a, a child that really has a lot of fear right now because we've encountered a snake or two or three on our porches. And, um, and because of that fear, it is spilling so much life from her at times that has nothing to do with that snake. But the snake is, is it's just like a, a catalyst that has ignited that. But, but it's opened this door to fear. And so I, I've tried to explain that to her. I understand you're afraid of the snake, but you're letting fear grow. And its harm is way bigger than anything that the snake could do to you. And you see that example here where the, the steward that was not wise was afraid, and the outcome was much worse than if he had just actually lost the talent trying to do something. Um, the Lord, or the master, in the parable really just wanted to see them put to work according to their ability, what he had put in their hand, and this man was not willing because of fear. He thought he didn't have enough. He thought that what God had given him wasn't enough, and he thought, I think it's interesting, he says, I know, Master, that you are a hard man, reaping, uh, reaping in all these places. And I think that's something to think about, too, your perspective of the Lord. Because when he's calling a hard man, I may read the description that he says and say, that's, been a, that's a wise, an anointed, and an abundant man. And so what is hard to him, what he has a disconnect and understanding He's letting perpetuate fear. It's actually something that is to be to be honored, to be to be revered. And so, in trying to bring this um, full circle for us, I want to remind you too about Psalm 126. 126. It says, "Those who sow in tears reap with shouts of joy." Like I want to be honest that I think to experience. Sometimes the joy of the Lord, the abundance of the Lord, there are seasons of tears that precede that. It is part of the process of release. And it doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. Um, it could be doing something very 
and very bright, and it can be very hard, and it can be very tear-filled, but it ends in abundance, and it ends in joy. I just wrote this little note to myself, that you will never really know his joy without the commitment of release. Remember, he released first. What's hidden or buried in you is actually his. He gave it in the first place. He chose that spirit of release and empowered us with it to now go and put to work, trade, put to work, employ, commit, whatever these things are in our hands. And so I have, um, Olivia, you guys can go ahead and come up here. But we're gonna we're gonna have time to worship it up. The altars will be open too, and there's really just two things I want to invite you to reflect on. Um, one, more like Olivia's story or parts of Olivia's story. I feel like there are probably some of you that have something God given inside. We all have something God can tell you, but there's some of you that it's been buried. It's been buried in fear. It's been buried in fear that that it's not enough, that you're not enough, and his grace towards you is not enough, and it's just dormantly sitting, and God needs you to go and use whatever that hidden thing is, because you were born for such a time as this. You were born for the world to, to see the much, the more, the multiplication, the abundance, the joy of your life, because it doesn't just impact you. It impacts every woman sitting next to you. And I think about Jesse five years ago, Jesse was really learning a lot of the basics of leading worship as well. And she had to choose to, to commit to the surrender of herself to the Lord of that. And because she did that, she's able to pour into Olivia now. So like our choice to release and to steward versus burying and hiding, it's not just about us. Literally, there are people's eternities that will be impacted. But I don't say that in condemnation. I say to encourage you in that God put it in you according to what he sees in you. So if he sees something in seed form, if you see something in seed form in your heart, in your hand, I'm telling you, he sees it in your, he sees it in truth. So I just want to invite you in this time to reflect on that with the Lord. Like, Lord, what do I need to give to you that I know I've, I've got it's a jar right now. And we'll pray for you if you need prayer. That. And then there are some of you that are in the grief, the grief process of disciples, where you are sowing in tears, you are putting to work what the Lord's giving you, and it is hard and it is holy. But I just want to encourage you that joy and abundance will be your outcome. It will be around the corner. You may not in, the, in this story they replicate or they multiply exactly what they had. It doesn't always work that way. Sometimes the Lord brings a return that looks very different. Again, just to, we're going to like be about fruit vegetables and apple seed doesn't look like an apple, right? Like we sow something and then we reap something else, but it's always good. It's always abundant. And so wherever you are, we want to let the Lord minister to you in that. Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. 